Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Zakia Shaw. How you doing, Zakias? I'm doing good today, brother. You know, it's August, finally. Yeah. My birthday month. Birthday month. You know, I the do. sun is out shining, making me feel good, all the good stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm happy, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. This August is, I mean, obviously it's your birthday month, but it also means that Football's right around the corner, so I'm super nice. excited for that. Go Giants, of course. I know we have a bunch of Giants fans in this room right now. Shout out to them. Hell no. <laughs> uh, cold, yes. <laughs> but let's get into today. We have a, a special guest I want you to introduce. Um, yeah. He's been doing a lot for us, you know, and behind the scenes. And it's nice to finally put a face to a name for all of our, our viewers and listeners who's really enjoyed all the stuff that we're starting to put out, especially with our apparel and whatnot. Yeah. So. For sure. Definitely a big piece to us and what we've started here. You know, if you've seen Overstepping Poverty, you've seen the logo. And that came from this man sitting next to us today. You know, he's an entrepreneur. He has a clothing brand of his own that we'll be getting into, Skybox uh, 92 Bricks. He's an artist, both digital art and, and musically as well. Um, so today I'm introducing Trife Mac on the hey, episode. Hey, 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 let's go. Thanks for thanks for the invite, fellas. I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for yeah. coming on the podcast. I feel like I've known you. Well, I have known you basically my whole life. <laughs> you have. Um, many different stages. You mm -hmm. know, you weren't. It's not like we were always in the same place, but right. it seemed like there was always some type of a connection. Whether I was. Uh, listening to your music before football games when I lived in Vegas, you know, and, and to now to this point where the apparel and stuff that we wear is literally drawn and, and made by you. So uh, I'm excited to get into this. So let's let's get it. Let's get it. Take us back, you know, to how you came up, because I know you're, you're from Chicago, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. And I know that can't be always the easiest place to grow up. So tell me a little bit about yourself kind of where you come from well you know well, like you said chicago illinois you know what i'm saying born in the 70s i ain't gonna tell you when exactly <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 70s baby <laughs> right, you know let's go so i'm still an 80s baby you know what i'm saying which we take a lot of pride in because the 80s was like a dope time in the history of the world you know what i'm saying right. and i did come up in a rough time because you know it was around that time was a lot of drugs and gang banging was serious you know what i'm saying so but me, I, I wasn't into none of that. You know what I'm saying? I right. was not. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I was the one that was boosting the crime rate. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was young. You know, what I'm saying? I just was going to school, doing my lessons, homework and shit. And believe it or not, I was the only black kid in a hundred mile radius or whatever. Damn. That skateboarded. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we didn't live around white people. You know what I'm saying? Right. We lived in the projects. You know what I'm saying? Which I don't mind because I think it built character. You know what I'm saying? So right. 
I was skateboarding. I really wanted to be Tony Hawk. Damn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And right. that's crazy. When I, everybody be like, well, tell me something I wouldn't know about you. I wanted to be Tony Hawk. You know what I'm saying? And I was, I don't know. One of my homeboys had a skateboard. I don't know how he got it or where he got it from. <laughs> but I begged my mother on my birthday, please go give me a skateboard. skateboard. She, she took me to the skateboard shop. Bought me a Tony Hawk skateboard. It was like $180. And mm. that was expensive back then. Right. And she was like, you better do something with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, everybody come around. We're like, yo, jump over this crate or slide on this curb. Because they wasn't seeing that. You know what I'm mm. saying? Yeah. I literally was a skateboard. And you was hitting you know that. Saying? Yeah. So, Damn. I wasn't into nothing criminal. That wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My mother was a typical mother. You know what I'm saying? She worked. You know what I'm saying? Single parent. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. Like I said, it wasn't bad because I wasn't neglecting and I wasn't abused. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mm-hmm. just I got everything I asked for. I just couldn't get it right then and there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I Siblings? By, yeah. I got two older sisters. Okay. So I'm, I'm the youngest. You know what I'm saying? My pops got kids. You know what I'm saying? But sure. You know how that go? Right. Okay. Yeah. So you grew up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Your mother, two sisters, with everything. Being the way it was with gang banging and violence, the way it was in Chicago, how do you feel like you didn't get involved in those things if you were around it? Well, because I, I went to high school out there, you know what I'm saying? My sister, my oldest sister, shout out to her, you know what I'm saying? She went to Iowa State. She a doctor, got okay. a doctorate and all that. Very nice. But she was into sports real heavy. She was in the band. She played the clarinet and the oboe, I want to say. Okay. And then she was in the track. That's how she got a scholarship to Iowa State. You know mm. what I'm saying? So when I went to high school, like my middle sister next to me, she was kind of in the sports too, but she didn't take it serious. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. But when I got to high school, the coach just begged me, like, please, please just run track. He begged <laughs> me to wrestle. Dude, I'm I'm like, I'm about as thick as these damn poles <laughs> on these microphones. He begging me to wrestle. I don't know. He saw something in me, like, right. just wrestle. You know what I'm saying? So I'm wrestling this shit. Motherfuckers was whooping me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pardon my language, but people was whooping me, you know what I'm saying? But I'm busy at the school, you know what I'm saying? Right. Then I ran track. I wasn't really into it, but I did it. You know what I'm saying? I got a letter for my jacket and I got a plaque, and you know, I did well and stuff, but it really yeah. wasn't for me, but that kept me out the way, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, Some I was structure. I was laser focused on skateboarding, you know what I'm saying? Right. Up until like maybe my sophomore to junior year of high school, then I, I stopped because Damn. my mother moved me away to Iowa, you know what I'm saying? Okay, where in Iowa? To Dubuque, Iowa. Okay. Hmm. My sister was leaving and going to uh Iowa State, you know what I'm saying? For her to get the full ride scholarship, my mother had to live in Iowa. Mm. But I had an auntie that already lived there with five boys. So I used to go there when I was younger in the 80s, you know what I'm right. saying? So I'll go there for the summer because them was my five cousins, my first cousins, you know what I'm saying? Right. So when she was like, you want to go there, you know what I'm saying? Because I had got into something at, at high school, you know what I'm saying? Mm. With them boys, you know what I'm saying? Street boys and shit. And she was like, well, you want to go with her? You can go there. And plus she had to end up moving there anyway, you know what I'm saying? So right. I went there with them. So I did my sophomore year. Up to my senior year of high school and debut, you know what I'm saying? Right. That has to be a, a big change. I mean, moving from Chicago to Iowa. Can you tell us kind of the big. difference there? I mean, were you still in high school in Iowa as well? Yeah, I was still in high school because mm-hmm. I did I did from kindergarten up to my freshman year in Chicago. Yep. Then my sophomore year, I went to Iowa. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It was mm-hmm. it was definitely a big change because where I came from, we didn't live in the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We lived in a project. Mm-hmm. Where you literally 
had to come in and come back out the same way. I think it was another one in the back, you know what I'm saying? But big complex, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But they was row houses. If you ever seen Menace to Society, we lived in those kind of okay. like, mm-hmm. row houses, you know what I'm saying? And it was just us, black people. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to come out of there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, like, I went from kindergarten to high school in that same <laughs> Damn. unit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. We had the library there. We had the clinic there. We had uh, the laundromat there. We had our own grocery store inside of there. You know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. We had a swimming pool and all that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the community, right? Right. Now it was it changed when I went to Dubuque because mm-hmm. now I'm around a lot of white people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is no problem, but they mm-hmm. were, we was the problem to them. They would drive past us and and you know, n word mm-hmm. like like we right. yo what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's crazy. It changed now because it's a lot of people there now and it, it doesn't evolve. But uh, yeah, it was notorious. It was on they was on Donahue, all uh, Geraldo, all that stuff because they burnt the cross in one of my partner's yard one time. You know, wow. yeah, they burnt the cross in his yard. Yeah, and this wow. is in the nineties. This was in the nineties. Yeah, wow, this was ninety two. Okay, about ninety two. This was about ninety two. Damn, yeah, they burnt the cross in his yard. Yeah, that's nuts. So. Through all that stuff, how did you get into like the arts? Like, um, when it came to same music way and stuff, everybody else, man. You know what I'm saying? Comic books. I wasn't really big on comic books, but we would get them here and there. You know what I'm saying? I just look at them and say, I could draw that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just would draw. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like how? Like when I remember I told you I was like, yo, I'm not really comfortable doing commission work for people because I'm just starting because I really did just start back. Right. So I taught myself how to draw. So I guess you would say I'm autodidactic or something like that because I just did it. You know what I'm saying? My right. uncle's really great at it. Hmm. Artist. To, just like, really good. Perfect. Yeah. You know, you know wow. what I'm saying? And I just picked it up. Drawing Spider-Man, Batman. We used to draw wrestling figures and cut them out. Right. Know, and wrestle with them in school. That's dope. Regular way kids do. But I stopped doing that too. Yeah. Why? I stopped doing that. Just lost touch with it. Man, busy, man. got busy with life. Sometimes, man, trying to be something I wasn't in the streets. You know what I'm saying? But I, did, I still kept up everything because w- while we was in the streets, when I'm hanging with my peoples, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was the only one with like a backpack. I was deep into music already. You know what I'm saying? Before I even started writing rhymes, mm-hmm. so I was really, really into hip hop like crazy. So I would just be the only one with the Walkman and the headphones on while they playing the video games. Like, I uh, never played a game of Madden a day in my life. Wow, that's tough. The NBA, whatever. Yeah, 2K. I, 2K. I never played a game a day in my life because I wow. wasn't into it. But I sit there with them. But I would be reading, like, Cosmopolitan, 17, L. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. reading Source Magazines. I'm reading psychology college books. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. all they said. He going to come around. He just going to be reading and listening to music. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the midst of doing other stuff than I shouldn't have been doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that made me lose touch with the stuff I really. Tell us that about that a little bit on what, especially what you're willing to talk about when it comes to, you know, you saying you were trying to be something that you weren't. Cause there's a lot of people out there that, are doing that mm-hmm. right now today mm-hmm. and a lot of what i see you talk about and and we've talked about it before on twitter and stuff like that is just like you really got to find yourself Definitely. to be Definitely. successful yeah, you know so can you go into that a little you bit definitely have to know who you are to be successful you know what i'm saying but uh i'm really an easy going person you know what i'm saying and like i tell people whatever i did in life i wanted to do it 
Nobody mm. peer pressured me to do it. My friends didn't do it. My cousins, nobody. I wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I wanted to get money. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, and so, right. We was out on them blocks. You know what I'm saying? My mother, like I told you, she didn't neglect me or abuse me or nothing. You know what I'm saying? I got whatever she can get me when she can get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes it don't come fast enough. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm 16, 17 now. We living in this world. We outside all day long. My, my mother, I'm starting to see she can't tell me what to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm staying out later, staying out later. I'm seeing dudes coming in with cars, the new Jordans. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm like, okay, I know she got me some for school. She got me another pair. But I want these that just dropped. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's real. Got introduced to just doing things, you know what I'm saying? Get girls yeah. to buy stuff, you know what I'm saying? Then it turned into just hand-to-hand, you know what I mean? Yep. And like I said, I really was the more intellectual type, you know what I mean? Right. Not being myself, so I would stop doing what I really needed to do, which was reading my books, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Drawing my cartoon characters or whatever, or skateboarding, but I stopped doing that in right. the pursuit of chasing money, you know what I mean? That is crazy. So when did you pick up music in this? I mean, obviously that's a form of art as well. When did you get to that? I never thought of thought of writing music, but in the eighties I would just sit and look at the album covers. Mm-hmm. My auntie had LL Cool J album bad, and I would just look at the album cover with my headphones on on, on, mm-hmm. the, on the radio because everybody else, the whole family, watching TV or doing things, and I would just stare, stare, stare. So I got infatuated with the music. Mm. Come to like 92, a guy moved next door to me. This one I lived in Dubuque. Okay. He came from Chicago to the college out there on the basketball scholarship. So he older than me, which he my big brother now. And that's my big brother for real. I don't care if we not blood. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yo. So shout out Merge. You know what it is. That's dope. But I would go to the mall. This one they had Sam Goody and Music Land in there. And I would go to the mall every day. And I would steal at least two tapes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he was already rapping. You know what I'm saying? He was rhyming and he was already well known, you know? Mm-hmm. And he lived next door to me. So I would knock on the door. Yo, I just got these tapes. Before I even listened to him, I'd take them to him because I knew he, you know what I'm saying, was right. popped out. I'd give them to him like you could listen to him. Then one day he was like, yo, you should just rhyme. Mm-hmm. That's just, just like that. That's just what he said. So I'm like, I don't know how to rhyme. So he gave me. A big ass uh, the folders, okay, loosely folders, okay, yeah, full of raps that he had wrote. He like just read these and study them, and you know what I'm saying, woo woo. And then he taught me how to write in graffiti. Mm-hmm. So he gave me some letters. He wrote them down. That's how you teach people. Like how you gonna teach me how to tag and do graffiti? He, he wrote them down in his style. Yeah, I mixed mine up with like because I I was infatuated about how girls used to write in high school. I used to be like, damn, how they write big and bubbly like that? <laughs> yeah. So I would copy them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so I studied the rhymes. I wrote I wrote a rhyme. He was like, we going to record it. So I probably was like 16. Mm-hmm. We went somewhere and recorded. It kind of blew up. Really? Everybody like, damn, look, look, you know what I'm saying? He, well, I, you know, I didn't even have a name. He was trying to find me a name. And <laughs> my name, he was like, we're going to call you unique. I'm like, nah, that's kind of girlish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. At this time, this wasn't flashy hip hop. This was who can be the grimiest. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. So I was I was always listening to this one dude named King T, and he got an album called the Trifling Album. Mm-hmm. So because I was always listening to it, they was like, "Yo, we just gonna call you Trifling." Mm-hmm. Everybody started calling me that, and it stuck. But it got shortened to Trife. You know what I'm saying? Right. Then people shortened it to Trife Trifo. Mm-hmm. Now, if you 
my real partners who are around me now that's grown, they, they just call me Fo. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody really called me. But Trife Mac is the main name. I added the Mac to it because I was young and on that pretty boy shit at the time. But <laughs> yeah. I was still trying to be grimy with like right. big nappy afros, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dirty Tim boots and camouflage clothes. So it was Trife Mac. It got shortened. Mm-hmm. So it was little trifling, and then Trife. Then it went to <laughs> Trife Mac. Then it went to Trife Fo. And then it went it's Fo now. So people see me, they like Fo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very nice. What did that like? Because that's really one of the things for me that I remember about you most through my life was the music that you were making. Mm-hmm. So at one point, was music something that you were taking serious to the point where that was your your main purpose? You know what? And I hope this is a learning lesson to all y'all out there. Listen to these words I'm telling because it's real and stay focused. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't focused. You know what I mean? Mm. I stopped doing everything because, once again, I'm in these streets. You know what I'm saying? I had opportunities to do big things, but I think because I had got money early, it kind of screwed my mind up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I didn't take these things serious. Right. Everything that I should have taken serious is what I need now today. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I need those things today. Like, I could be so far ahead in digital art. If I didn't stop, you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. I could be so far ahead in music if I didn't stop. Like, I literally have fans around this whole country. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I had people, when I would go to my mother's house, and I went, they would knock on the door. Girls was like, we heard your son was in town. We just want to see him. Wow. True story. You know what I'm saying? I had a girl cry when she saw me one time. She could, She just couldn't believe it. Like, wow. I just was watching you on the TV and you standing here. She could not believe it, dog. And, but... I was doing the wrong things, right. being other than myself. You know what I'm saying? So the music, I used to write the music down. Being that I was so busy in the streets running around, I learned how to write it in my head. Mm-hmm. And this before I knew about Jay-Z and Biggie. Right. I used to write it in my head. So I would have rhymes out the rhymes. Like, I could still do it now. I got a whole song that's like, just just one long continuous verse to the uh, ghetto boys. Damn it, feel good to be a gangster. Be yeah. I wrote it in my head while I was at work. It took me like a week, but I wrote it because I just listened to it. You over. can just remember it, and it's still there. I got wow. like two of those. I got like three, four loose verses. They just in my head. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Yeah. That is, and that comes from repetition. You think that comes from repetition? Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I, I I was running around so much, I ain't had time to write it down. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like now, you got phones. We didn't have mm-hmm. phones and stuff. You had to either have your backpack. All of that, you know what I'm saying? But I had opportunities to do things, man. Like my big bro, I just told you about who turned me on. He got signed to Interscope. Oh, wow. Because he took it serious. Yeah. He got signed to Interscope, went on tour with Eminem and all that. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Wow. Yeah. A lot of opportunities. So that's just a lesson for people out there, too. Like you were saying is when you have something that you love to do. Yes. Focus on that. And and push it and keep pushing because eventually the only way you fail is when you stop. Right. You know, so I think that's really good information for people because there's a lot of people that get discouraged, too. Yeah. You know, but being discouraged is okay. Yeah. That means you need to just sit down and regroup yourself. You know what I'm saying? And then come back out even harder. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Just don't stop. Whatever you do, don't stop. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because then you got to learn to live with regrets. And that's a bad part of life. You know what I'm saying? Right. When Mm -hmm. you know and you looking like that could have been me. Yeah, you know I mean, for sure. Like I seen the Wu Tang uh, series came on Hulu, and I shed a tear because I was like, "Damn, I'm literally I watched them come in there and do it, and I could have probably been right there." Mm-hmm. We didn't have as much access to record labels at my time either, though. You literally had to either go to New York 
and stand in front of record labels with your tape. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, listen to my demo. This so you we like now you can become famous right now. Yeah, we can just sit right here and piece together a rap right now, and it could blow. Find up. a beat on YouTube, record it, and right. it can blow up. Man, right. without never leaving here. You right. Know what I'm saying? Right. We didn't have that option back then, but I mm-hmm. also didn't grind like I was supposed to, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm saying if y'all watching this, stay on your grind. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, we talk a lot about different people being on our podcast here, and they kind of have like different names to them. Like uh, Wesley Benoit, he was a, a special guest on our on our podcast, Man of Many Hats. We've had, you know, black owned business owners, you know, just these business women and whatnot, businessmen. And and for you, you've done so much creative things. And Zacchaeus and I were just discussing, you know, before you even got here, you know, amongst being an artist, amongst being uh, musically, you know, talented when it comes out there, amongst creating your own brand, you know, you're creative and that mind, you can't find that in many places. Like you said, you can't just right off the top, just come up with different words and whatnot. You can't come, you you can't just draw different things, you know, right off the top, off of your head, you know, someone who does that, how, like what, like what is, does it just come just naturally? Or do you feel like you practice so much that it now is just happening? See, you know what? That's one thing that I think that hindered me too, that I think it came so naturally to me to just rap Mm -hmm. that I didn't take it serious. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody around me, they they writing, writing, writing. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I'm sitting back still. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm just writing it in my head. Mm-hmm. Then I just walk right up to the mic. They be like, what the fuck? He be like, nah, he, he writing it. My brother be like, he writing his head. Just, you know what I'm saying? They be like, for real? Man. I probably didn't take it as serious as I should have. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but I like beautiful things. I'm a Libra. And so mm-hmm. I think I like all things beautiful. I like things to be balanced. I definitely do. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I think there's a right amount of good and a right amount of bad that everybody should have. You know what I'm saying? Yep, sure. I don't know if bad is the proper word I really want to say, but it's some kind of aggression you got to have. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. We can change it to that. And I like beautiful things. I like, I don't care. I would take something and look at it for hours. And like, if I see a log cabin in the woods, I look at it like a picture, just a picture. I would just stare at it like, what would I be doing if I was in there? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? What yep. would I be doing? But I, but I find myself, I've been looking at it for 20 minutes. You yep. know what I'm saying? Trying to place my whole physical being right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how did that lead up into your own brand that you created? I did that on accident. I did okay. it on accident. I had, this was like 2016 maybe. I'm laying in the bed and I found this app called PixArt mm-hmm. on the phone. So I downloaded I'm just messing with it. And then I designed this one Picture it was it was a wolf and inside the wolf it said born wild but mm-hmm. it was in the shape of a wolf and you could see it you know I wish I had the picture I would show y'all since I was out here in Sioux Falls I said super savage you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it says super like S I O U X and I made those capital letters and then the P E R for per like super and then savage and then mm-hmm. I showed this guy J B you know J B yeah your girl's yep. fave J B. I showed him, and he was already making clothes. And he was like, you should put that on the shirt. And I, I had no idea. I wasn't even thinking about it. I don't even know why I made it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I, I couldn't even tell you. I know lie. I don't even know why I made it. And then he was like, you should put that on the shirt. And I was like, all right. And then 
Did he make the first shirt for me? I can't remember. Because he had a store on Minnesota, right? Was I think that he when? had one at that at be, before, but not at this time. Okay. Mm. I, but he had the screen printing stuff. Mm. And so I'm not sure if he made the first shirt, but I think he probably put me in contact with Parker. Parker had a printing shop out here, and he made a whole bunch of them for me. And it blew up. It just took off. Out here in Sioux Falls, it just took yeah. off. The hoodies took off. And so then I really didn't have a name, so... I was going to make me a shirt. That's funny because I saw the sweater. It's a crew neck. I was going to make me one. Mm-hmm. I was going to wear it today, but I ain't wore it in like five five years. <laughs> and it and it was some iron-on letters, you know what I'm saying? And I had some roses, and I had went to the mall, had them stitch the roses right here, right there. And I couldn't think of a name. I'm like, man, I need a name to put in the middle with the iron-on letters. So I put Royal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when I thought about it, for some reason, while I'm standing there, it says Skybox. That just popped in my head. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm running with Skybox from here on now. Then I told everybody. They was like, yeah, Skybox dope. You know what I'm saying? And so I just started making stuff on the phone. Skybox. Yeah. I designed everything. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So so why Skybox? I mean, that had to have come up in your head. It for... just popped up in my head. But the Royal one, Yeah. I couldn't think of nothing. I was like, what am I going to put on this? What am I going to put on this? Mm-hmm. So I said Royal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the easy thing to go with. Mm-hmm. But after I did it, Skybox just popped in. I said, all right, the next one going to be Skybox. You know what I'm saying? And it just stuck. And it stuck. And it stuck. I like it. But Skybox, you know, Skybox is like for prestigious people that be up in the, like, the game. Press boxes. Yep. The press the pre- boxes yep. and stuff. The owners being Skyboxes, people that own businesses that big tycoons being Skyboxes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it just popped. I said, all right, that's what we're running with. Yeah. Then I added the 92 bricks like a couple years later. And... That's a playoff for Jay Z because a big mystery in the hip hop community is did he really lose 92 bricks? Because mm. he got a song called Never Change. Mm-hmm. And he says, I lost 92 bricks, had to fall back. By the first of the month, got it all back. If that's yeah. not a hustle, what you call that? Something like that. Yeah. And so I was like, 92 bricks, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And so I wanted both of them to be two different clothing lines, though. Mm-hmm. I wanted Skybox to be like, cardigans and polos and button-ups, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. And I wanted 92 bricks to be basketball jerseys, hoodies, you know what I mean? Yep. But Skybox just took off, man. It took off. I like it. That's something that I know. Another thing I've noticed about you is really ever since you started that, that's what you wear. You oh, know, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, and, I'm going to wear my own stuff. Right. <laughs> you know Absolutely. Mean. Talk to us about why that is important in itself, though, because there that's another thing that a lot of people, especially during COVID, like right. a ton of people started their own business. Yeah. Right. Whether that's their own apparel and, and brand or just, you know, lawn, lawn care, just anything. Right, right. Well, people had the time to sit there. So, you know, Facts. but it's also marketing and branding one on one. You know what I'm saying? If I'm never seen in this, who going to want to purchase it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll be looking for some models and some younger people to model it for me, but I don't be on the grind too tough doing it because, like I said, family life. But yeah, I got some in mind. When I get this next batch of something, I got some people in mind. But it's marketing and branding. You know what I'm saying? Right. And plus, it's mine. And it look fresh. You know what I'm saying? And it look good. And it look fresh. You know what I'm saying? No. I agree. So let's take this into another direction Mm because you just mentioned – you know, what takes up a lot of your time is family. Mm-hmm. You know, you have two children. One of the questions I had here when I'm th- I was thinking about this interview is how has life changed for you? Like, how have you changed since having your first child? Well, I definitely had to grow up and realize that I'm me. I'm not who I was before that hindered 
me from progressing, you know what I'm saying? Right. Which in turn leads me to playing catch up. But I'm also a father. So when it comes to parenting, man, I tell people, you know, you don't know how to be a parent. Your child is going to teach you how to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Your second child going to teach you how to parent the other way. Your third child going to teach you how to, you, you you can try to guess your way through it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And assume what it is. But your child is going to, because you're going to have to parent each child differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it changed me to the fact I know I can't take chances in the streets. I can't be out wild. I can't be out drinking every three, four days. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm just in the house chilling, trying to advance my kids. You know what I'm saying? Teach them a lot of great things, man. Like I, every morning, my girl worked before I do. So I got to okay. wake the kids up. If we didn't give them a bath the night before, I got to wake them up, bathe them, feed them. Get them dressed, take them to daycare. Yeah. So to wake them up, I just turn the TV up loud on YouTube, Spanish for kids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So so they teaching them the words the words in English and Spanish. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So every morning I just turn it up loud. Then they get up. They I let them lay there for a little while. That's all they know. Yeah. So just stuff like that. that you know what what is? I, I can't chance nothing. So I'm. I got to be here for them. I don't have any kids quite yet. There's one thing that I, I really notice for either fathers or mothers. They always say that they learn something once they once they do have kids, like just a valuable lesson. What do you feel like is a valuable lesson that you've learned after having not one but two kids? Mm-hmm. Well, you definitely got to have patience. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They here to test your patience. Your mm-hmm. child is here to test you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they're going to do sporadic things, but that's just them learning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can't have a soft hand with them but you also can't have a stern hand with them you know what i mean mm-hmm. they definitely got to know that there's rules and regulations that you are setting down because you know like the shep- shepherd with the stick the mm-hmm. stick is not to beat the sheep it's right. just if they get out of line it's to tap them back in it's not to beat them yeah mm-hmm. they can because they're gonna stray and you just you just tap them back gonna get back in there you know what i'm saying yeah right. so you just have patience and let them let them do what they do you know what i'm saying like my kid it makes me irate that they were right on the walls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but, but they write on the wall. My, my son used to. He don't know more. My daughter do now. Crayons, pens, markers. I'd be like, where is she getting this stuff from? Yeah. But you know what? That's what I get. Because when I was into graffiti, I was writing on them people walls yeah. outside. You know what I'm saying? Spray mm-hmm. painting on walls, cars. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, you know, just patience. You know yeah. I mean? That's a valuable lesson. And I mean, in life in itself, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just kind of rush into things, especially the generation now. There's no patience. There's always wanting to be at that end goal or there's, right there's always, yeah, exactly. That right now you feeling, you know, we in the mentality ever right now. Mm-hmm. It's the fast food generation, the drive through. I want it now. Mm-hmm. You know yep. what I'm saying? No, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you do, have some kids like if I had to drop some lessons right now I tell people if you can't see yourself having a family with this person don't have sex with them mm-hmm. that's facts and that's mostly to my young fellas out there you know what I'm saying right because you got to stand up dude you know what I'm saying when your kids come into this world you got to stand up mm-hmm. is she making you mad and all that you got to bypass that because these babies need you you know what I'm saying mm-hmm it's not their fault that y'all can't get along, but y'all shouldn't have been messing around in the first place. But you let blind lust deter you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Let's talk about not specifically that conversation, but just kind of you mentioned that you're always reading. Yeah. And I have here, if I was to describe you as one word, I would say an articulate creative. So I'll take that. With with all the reading that you've done and all that stuff, 
a lot of self-education is mm-hmm. what it sounds like with where we're at in the world right now this time microwave era mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that just as a whole when it comes to you know the men let's talk about the men that we were just talking about and and standing up and being there because that's really what this is about helping those that that we make you know our seeds yeah and then their seeds eventually and and hopefully it just passes down each one to each one yeah definitely what is your what is your thought on that like where we're at right now and kind of well the state being that i'm from a whole different era you know what i'm saying i'm not that good with the computers you know what i'm saying Mm. and i think the computers we got smartphone and dumb people now Mm. you know what i'm saying because now people's not they not remembering people phone numbers Mm-hmm. And this was not too long ago in the nineties, dude. We remember we would remember twenty, thirty phone numbers yeah, in crazy. our head, right? Yeah, we would remember that. Mm-hmm. We knew how to spell stuff. I find myself falling victim to it, forgetting how to spell silly stuff, right? But Hicko autocorrect. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Then people they so used to these sixty second blurbs. We live in sixty second blurbs now because right. you got sixty seconds to captivate these people' mind, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if not, then. You lame, you ain't popping, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so now you got people out here doing whatever and the most for clout, which yep. you know what I'm saying? Chasing something I don't know that's what not. I don't know what to do about it, you know what I'm saying? Right. They cut the internet off in Egypt one time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I be saying cut the internet that off, you know what I'm saying? For a little while so we can give get reset. back to Yeah, you know, for a little while, but turn it back on, you know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> it can be used for good, but it's that's what facts. they mostly showing us is just the social media, man, is is warping. Yeah. For the sure. minds of everybody, you know what I'm saying? Even the perception of men, what these young guys have of women. Man. BBLs, Brazilian butt lips, fake breasts, uh, uh, big eyelashes, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And girls thinking every man should just have money. Right. Mm-hmm. You should have money. I don't care what you say. No, but you, you should have goo gobs of it just to blow, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. So, no, that's yeah. real. It's just distorting everything. And I, what's the solution? I have no idea. If you ask me, I'll say turn it off and let's go back to how we was. We was outside and we loved it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We was outside. That's crazy. Because we grew up, Daquan and I, at a time where we were in that transition. Yeah, I was of in the transition. Literally, like, like we grew up before the phones. Right. Like when I I remember when I was in like second third grade, my grandma had the the, the back rotary. phone in the car, right? <laughs> and that was like, damn, right. like she got a phone right. in the car, she's she killing yeah. it right mm-hmm. now. And then I remember my dad just having a pager and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when I hit fifth grade, that was when I got my first Nokia phone. It was like navy blue and gray, and you know like the box picturing on the on mm-hmm. the phone and stuff like that, but. Mm-hmm. We really came in at a yeah, interesting time because yeah. we we were able to see kind of what life was before that, before, right. mm-hmm. and whereas my especially my brother who's eighteen now he never seen that in his right. entire life, you, you know. So <laughs> it's just it is crazy how things have changed, you know, from even the nineties, man. 20, Twenty five years is it's it's crazy. That kind of gave yeah. me like flashbacks of. You know, most people, like you said, like your brother and uh, Generation Z and everything like that, they they didn't know that you had to twist the phone right. to get to, you know, to <laughs> they didn't know the the heartbreaks of right. of sitting on the computer and the AOL and a oh, you know man. sitting for See, about like no they didn't patience. know I didn't want to wait for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. no patience yeah right. and they didn't know like the phones where every single line was hooked up to everything on the block right. so man. you get on the line and all of a sudden your sister's on the line right. and she's talking to somebody and you're like 
Oh yeah, like make her, and she's and she's upset. They didn't know that, you know. And that was that was much simpler times. And that's when actually I felt like as a community, everyone was closer, more connected. Exactly, more they were connected. more connected. And true. now it's the internet, the phones, the you know everything's actually taking you away from humanization. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That human yeah, we, aspect, interaction. We, yeah, we are definitely inside of the matrix now. Absolutely. And and you know what? You know what? My theory is what COVID did in 2020 is what they wanted Y2K to do in 2000. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And see, what they did was they took us from analog to digital. They took us out of the real world and put us into the matrix mm -hmm. since 2000. Right, okay. yeah. That's what Y2K was. Because remember, everybody was running around, the computers are going to stop and this, that, mm -hmm. and that. What they took us out of reality and put us in there. Because now you bank online, you email, yep. you don't get... I think it's important for somebody to write you a handwritten letter, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you get it in the mail, but you don't do that no more. You email, you bank on there, you can go shopping on there. You don't you have buy to your leave. clothes on there. You don't have to leave your house. No. You don't they have got to the leave VR now where everything is convenient. It's going to be worse when that come out. <laughs> it's oh my here. God, man. You're going to have to go check on your people. It's like, <laughs> no, I ain't seen you in a week. He's going to be VR'd out. Man. Right. That's crazy. I just saw a photo actually online of just. <laughs> scrawny kid just passed out with the vr system you know and i mean it pictures like he's dead you know um die. and the mind is just fried you that's know crazy so it's 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 coming and i just hope that a lot of a lot of us don't lose this right you know right. be able to sit and have that's, a conversation well, a genuine doing is very important you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? this is what's important this is y'all bringing the barbershop talk yep. you know right. what i'm saying so Thanks. This is exactly what it is. So, th with that being said, y'all already know not to stop. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, right. You know what I mean? Right. Because yep. information is going to come from you, from me, from you, and we going to learn something. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. Each one, teach one. Yep. yep. So, yeah, Absolutely. this is a great thing. And it's going to get out to the world on a positive note, which the internet is, can be good for. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Right. But when they, that VR come out, yeah, it's going to be a monster. Mm -hmm. Because is, technology, man. this industry has been the fastest moving one through all of them. Mm hmm. VR still through farming oh, yeah, technology. technology. Yeah, this yeah, one sure. moved faster than anyone. Mm -hmm. It really moved this fast within the last fifteen years. Right, phones wasn't that complex when I still can remember the first time I was able to send a text message. I was like, "Yo, this the great what the old oh, day." <laughs> I, I was in paying Phoenix. for this minutes was like and two thousand three, four. Yeah, and I was, I was like, "What is this?" I couldn't believe it. You know what I'm saying? That's now, crazy. Look, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yep. that's when I was getting my first one. And I had a conversation with my dad recently about, and I remember it. When's the last time you went to the park and got with, were with a bunch of people, grilling out, yeah. music playing, you know, mm -hmm. basketball, all that stuff? And I think that's something that we as people really need to get back to, you know. But with the technology and everything, it makes us so busy at and, the same mm -hmm. time. And that's so crazy because naturally we are communal people. Yeah. Which it's is weird. True. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to congregate and be around your yeah. people. No. Nah. Man. No. Nah. That's crazy to think about. Nah. Families ain't families like that. When last time you heard about somebody having a family reunion? Yeah, not really. My wife and her family and my family, they do a family reunion every year. Oh, yeah. That's every great. year. That's good. That's yep. great. That's great thing. I know my wife's family did do one. But I felt like it was a lot of the older folks that kept that together. Right. That it is, was a tradition it really that they is. were doing. So that's how it is with tradition. Somebody's got to keep it going or right. carry it on or, or you start your own tradition. Right. But no, I mean, these are I think these are really good things for people to kind of sit and wrap their head around 
you know, when's the last time you just dedicated time for your people and yeah. yourself yeah. Yeah. and make it a priority? Cause everybody's got an excuse. We all got something we could be doing, mm-hmm. especially right. now with the phones and all the technology that we do have. Like you said, I never even thought about it like that. You really going to have to go check on your people. Like, yo, no, where are you at, bro? Yeah, you know? I ain't seen you. He been living in the Sam's. Right. A whole, whole different characters, a whole different pseudonym and everything in the Sam's. Tricked his mind into thinking who, that things are real like that. But people it, will forget who they are yeah. if they haven't already. Yeah. Actually, before we move into our next part of our episode here, I always have this one question for each of our special guests. For you, I mean, moving from Chicago to Iowa to Sioux Falls, that was a journey for you. You had to, I mean, really, you were seeing different types of people. Mm. You came from a community to a part of of the nation where people, I mean, really didn't like you just because of your skin color. And Mm. they were, you know, shouting racial blurs and and slurs, sorry, and things like that. But... What I just have to ask for you is when you hear overstepping poverty, what does that mean to you? That's a good question because I feel, and I've always felt like this, every young black American should grow up in projects maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I always felt that. Yeah. But don't stay there. Mm -hmm. Get your ass up and get up out of there. You know what I'm saying? I think it gives you a certain kind of foundation and reality you know what i mean mm-hmm. it gives you personality it gives you character you know what i mean mm-hmm. it gives you your creative thoughts because when you sitting there you ain't got nothing to do but to think how how can i get out of this how can i mm-hmm. get out of this you know what i'm saying right and that's what i wanted to do but my escape to get out of it was doing things on the street you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. which took away from the real me so that's no justification but it makes you creative it makes you want to do music it makes you want to play basketball and you should do all of that Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't solely focus on one thing, you know what I'm saying? But you definitely need to always get up out of there, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And that's overstepping poverty. Even if you got a poverty mind, get better. You know, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Right. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Even if you feel like, okay, I'm in middle class, well, then step over that then. Step mm-hmm. over middle class and step up mm-hmm. to another level, you know what I'm saying? You always got to go to levels because it's levels in this life there's levels in your growth as a human you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and every time you get into i think we grow and go through like 10 year phases you know what i'm saying because cycles, if you yeah. think cycles exactly if you 30 years old and you thought like when you was 20 then you wasted 10 years of your life yeah. right keep growing keep yes. growing you know what i'm saying and definitely you always got to step level up step up you know what i mean no matter what you're doing if you're working at your job try to become a supervisor then try to become the manager then try to figure uh, the general manager. Then try to figure out how you can own one. Yep. You know what right. I'm saying? Yep. And that's stepping over poverty. You know that what I mean? is. And, and making it better for your family. You know what I mean? Right. Preferably your kids that's coming after you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I love that. That's what it's about. Yep. So now I want to move it into the next part of our episode here. Obviously, we've been asking you plenty of questions, and I'm sure you've had many questions for us um, here today. So we want to open it up to our roundtable. So that'll open up questions that you have for Zacchaeus and I. Okay, yeah, no doubt. Well, are you still doing the mortgages? Yeah, yep. Okay, wasn't you doing life insurance at the time? I was, yeah. Okay, so how did you get into doing the mortgage thing? So I'll start back before I was doing life insurance because that was a big piece of it. I was in a school district working with students with autism or Down syndrome and they had already graduated, but it was to help them become independent, whether it was applying for apartments or applying for a job, 
meal prepping, whatever. Right. And I love that job. I love working with kids and, and people with special needs, stuff like that. But it just didn't pay the bills. Right. Right. So COVID hit, all that stuff. My wife and I are thinking about growing our family. And I'm like, man, I got to do something more than this. I was making like $1,600 a month. Right. And this was only like three, four years ago. You know, in society, for one, as a man, you want to be able to provide. All the time. And you should. And you should. And that was really my mindset. I'm like, I got to do something. So I'm like looking up like, how can I help people? And the George Floyd thing all happened. And like, it's kind of weird, I guess. But like my mind is like, we've been mar- marching for all these years. Let's do something that if we dying, we got to be leaving something for our right. people. Because eventually that's going to pay off like big time. And so that was my mindset. I'm like, well, I'm going to try this and go sell some life insurance, which was literally, I don't care what anybody got to say. Life insurance is probably one of the hardest things you could sell um, because it's not something that people can get and hold in their hands unless they have a certain type of policy. But most people are like, well, I'm not going to see it. I'm going to die before I get that. Well, so. it's not for you. Exactly. It's not for you. But that's how a lot of people think, you know. It's right. not always a long-term mindset or even, like, beyond themselves. Right. It's just I can't feel it. I can't touch it, so they won't. Right. But I did really good in that. I did not enjoy selling life insurance. And I was thinking about leaving. My wife's One of my wife's friends was working at this mortgage company, and she reached out, and she was like, hey, you know, you've been doing – your thing with life insurance, we're hiring loan officers. I'm not sure if you'd be interested, but we're hiring. So I was like, yeah, actually, that's something I would want to do. I wanted to be able to coach still. Right. I wanted to be able to not have to call into work if I needed to pick my son up or do anything, really. Right. So that's how it started. And then I made the decision, and all I had to do was really pass the test. It's really easy. I shouldn't say it's easy to pass the test, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of barriers of entry to get into right. mortgage. Like, all you have to do is pass a 20-hour NMLS, like, pre-course, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then you have to pass the national exam. Mm -hmm. That's it. So if you can spend a month doing it, you can become a mortgage loan officer. And, but yeah, that's how it got started for me. Okay. And I've been doing that for a little over a year. What are you doing? Since since this is... Actually, our first time. Yeah. I, I don't ever think I even seen you out in society before. Really? So I <laughs> really? hope you don't have a VR headset. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know no, I'm, I'm out. I'm out there. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I'm a I'm a finance manager at Billion Toyota. That journey in itself. I mean, I I went from starting off at LSS, went to uh, National American University, doing academics uh, there, and then pretty much from there, I got let go from there we got laid off national American university did a reorganization. And so then I went into and applied at McKee Ford Lincoln for a sales position because mm-hmm. I enjoy talking to people. I feel like it just comes natural for me. The selling part of it. I feel like a lot of these brands, they sell themselves mm-hmm. in my mindset. If you're coming to the dealership to look at a vehicle, the internet is everyone's source. You know, if you're looking to research anything, right. You want to see where what prices are on anything. You can go on the internet and you can see that. So if you're coming there, then the only thing that you really are looking for is someone to help navigate that process, of course, to to purchase a vehicle. Right. I mean, I just had conversations and right. built relationships and did well at that. Came back here and uh, received an opportunity to go into finance. Right. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. I'm loving what I'm doing now. And that's actually given me 
time to really grow this. Yeah. What I, what I feel like is my true calling, right? you know? So, and that's why it's been Zacchaeus and I just taken off on this. It's, it's well, no quit. It doesn't well, matter. Right. You know, between the two of you, y'all got great chemistry, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. great fluidity, fluidity, you know what yeah. I'm saying? If I'm mm-hmm. saying it wrong, edit it. And right. <laughs> like that, you know what I'm saying? Yep. But uh, where are you from? Originally from Iowa. Um, right. I got family from Chicago as well. Okay. Uh, what city? Um, Des Moines. Des Moines. Oh, that, yep. Des Moines down there. Yep. I never really got into Des Moines, but when I lived in Dubuque, we used to always be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, Waterloo, okay. you know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. Iowa Falls and stuff like that. So yep. we was running around. Uh, what is the one? Rock, rock, uh, rock Rapids? Rock Island. Or rock rock Island down okay. there. Close to Illinois, so we was running around through there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, yeah. yep. But we didn't get because Des Moines is all the way over here. Yeah. Dubuque is all the way the first city mm-hmm. when you cross the Illinois Bridge. It's the mm-hmm. very first one. So very popular city for some reason. Obama when he was politicking, and he came there like four or five times. Really? And this this place is small, bro. Yeah. I don't even think it's a hundred thousand there yet. Damn. That's how small it is. If it's a hundred thousand, it's, it's now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was. It's real historic. I'll be. I'll be like in Phoenix or something, just talking to older white people. Oh, I see you like the Cubs. Oh yeah, you know they. You wear the hat. They think that's your team. I'm like, yeah. nah, I just match the outfit. But you know they talk to <laughs> yep. you. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And they were like, I'll be like, yeah, I used to live in the Butte. Oh, I know what the Butte is. I'm like, how do you know what the Butte mm-hmm. is? You know what I'm saying? But people that's know crazy. about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Dubuque, Iowa, in 2021, didn't even have sixty thousand people. See, insane. See, that is crazy. It's very crazy, but it's a. It very must be the location though, because of where it's at with Illinois, just right. Yeah, there. it sit literally right on the Mississippi River, mm. and the bridge is called the East Dubuque Bridge. So East Dubuque is in Illinois. Oh, and the cross you cross the bridge, the cross across the Mississippi, then you in Dubuque, Iowa. So they right there, just like this. Mm. You know what I'm saying. Why is it politically so popular? I have no idea, bro. But they mm. come now. Yeah. And they I'm sure we'll find out here, yeah. especially in the next year, yeah. in election year. So oh, yeah. Look, from that yep. point, what's the big plans for the the next season of yeah. <laughs> yeah. overstepping poverty? I always say it's a marathon, not a race. You know, So we're Definitely. always taking one, one step at a time, taking one piece at a time to really build our full foundation. I think we're still in the beginnings mm-hmm. of where, where we're at. Um, but I think this can sprout. I think this can go nationwide. I think it can go worldwide. And that's our plan. I mean, this we're building our own brand uh, that we truly believe in and that we actually have a lot of supporters that believe in it as yeah. well. This isn't just one thing that can only relate to us. Right. That's why we have so many different individuals on here. Right. You know, overstepping poverty, everyone has their own mindset, their own vision of what that is. And that's why I always ask that question. Yeah. I'm like, so what is overstepping poverty to you? Right. Cause obviously if we had the answer on how to just get everyone out of poverty, right. Right. well then we would have solved uh, many of world's problems, you know, <laughs> Man, but right. that's, that's the thing. Like it's, it's so different to every individual. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I want everyone to be able to have their voice and voice that right. on what that means to them, because right. it may be different to you. It may be different to someone else, right. but at the end of the day, it opens up perspective for everyone to really connect. Exactly. So that's that's the world. I mean, we're world. We're going worldwide. Yeah. It's not, it's going to go from miles. You will. So, I you believe know? you will. So because the energy of this is exactly what the internet needs. Mm-hmm. What we was talking about earlier. You know, it, yes, it, it can be used for just entertain me. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you know what I'm saying. What you guys are doing is what it needs. You know what I'm saying? When I get a better phone and all that, I'm help y'all clips go viral because I'm going to be reposting them and <laughs> hey. doing all that too. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Right. Just, and that's that's just off the strength. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With nothing in return. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
because this is what's needed. But yeah, I would say for me and in the vision that I have for it, you know, every, really everything Daquan said, but to add on to that, I really see us, you know, expanding at some point to where we're interviewing people that maybe have never even been to South Dakota, right. you know, mm-hmm. and I would like to go to different places, build, continue to build our brand and continue to build relationships. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that's been the most important thing that we've been able to do with this entire yes. podcast yes. is connect with people that we would never have talked right. with ever, maybe service. Right. But yep. never like I've known you my whole life. I didn't even know you lived in Iowa type yeah. thing, you I know, and didn't know you skateboarded. So it's yeah. things like that. And when you, when you're sharing those things and, and you're breaking bread or you're having a drink or whatever, you're having true conversation, right. you have a lot more compassion for people you have a lot more you know understanding Mm -hmm. different perspectives so i think you just gain so much from that and that's really what i want to do because it's bigger than just us it is and and to piggyback off what you said about the relationship that's exactly what as grown men now you know what i'm saying me and you with families and you soon because you're gonna have some kids you know what i'm saying it's about your friends are your network determines your net worth. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a, your friends are supposed to be able to put you in rooms with people whose hands you can shake and who can put you in different rooms to that can level you up. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's really what your friendships are supposed to consist of. If right. if if you're not doing that together, then you're really just wasting each other's time. You Facts. you you fill in voided space. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's definitely about the relationships. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I like that you said that. You know what I mean? I want no, to put that out there. So yeah, your net your network determines your net worth. You know for sure. Man? I mean, and, and I see it. And with, that you keep saying you see it. If you see it, you can be it. Right. You yep. just got to go out there and achieve it. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you can see it, that means it's there for you. Mm-hmm. Everybody, they say everybody's pot of gold is just sitting for you to come get it. Mm-hmm. You got to go get it. You know what I'm saying? Man. Step by step. Yep. Just don't blow your load trying to sprint. Right. In the microwave era. Right. The fast food era, you know what I'm saying? Marathon it out, go get Facts. it, y'all. Y'all stay on the same path. Long as y'all got the same common goal, you know what I'm saying? It'll work, man. man Absolutely, it'll work. Focus. Everybody's work. You you just gonna have to see the the foot the footwork in it first. You know what I'm saying? Right. As they say, wrong the wasn't grind. built in the day. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And the grind is the grind and the process. Trust the process. What they say, man, right? Trust yep. the process. You know yes. what I'm saying? Y'all yeah. on the right track, man. This is what's up. Appreciate, appreciate that, man. And it's like I mentioned that it's bigger than just us, right? Like I think of my children, I think of my siblings, you know, and I think of Daquan and his family. I think of everybody that I surround myself mm-hmm. with when I think of doing these things, you know, because at the end of the day, if one of us wins, it's going to benefit everybody else that's around them naturally. Exactly. Yep. Like you don't have to be, to be the only right. person. Like right. You need people. Like people used to ask me, why you want to change the world? I'd be like, I don't want to change the world. I want to change the people that orbit my world. Right. And I got to make sure the people that orbit my world is okay so my kids can be safe <laughs> out Facts. here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? No. But another question I want to ask you, so how did y'all two come together? Man. Um, that's first a, as friends. A, a, I, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. then how did y'all come up with the concept of this? Yeah, so um, <laughs> actually. Tell them the wrestling story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to start at the beginning. Like the first time I ever remember seeing Daquan. And so I went to O'Gorman my junior and senior year. He went to Roosevelt. I think it was our senior year. And it was like boys basketball, girls basketball or something. But Roosevelt won and it was at our house. Mm-hmm. 
And I see Daquan walking across the court after the game, you know, talking shit, like just, <laughs> just talking shit. And when I see stuff like that, like I remember those things right. like forever. And fast forward, we're in wrestling. And this was our junior year, actually, because I get in. My coaches convinced me to get into wrestling mm-hmm. and I did not want to do wrestling. And I didn't have the confidence to do wrestling. Yeah, but they they forced me to do it. I'm like, I'm like in the in the little leotard is what right. people call it with the singlet. And I'm like, man, like not feeling confident. I did not want to do this. I get to my first match and I see this big ass dude is against walk, you? Yeah, oh, walk wow. onto the walk onto the mat. And I'm like, oh shit. Like already I knew I was already defeated because of my mindset. I would have just bit him. <laughs> I should have. I should have. He, he pinned me right. uh, pretty quickly, and right. that was like our first like interaction. And then it's crazy because two years later, when we went to college, he was two doors down, and it was mm. on our floor. Right. So we had an all guys floor, and as you can imagine, all guys on the floor just kind of crazy mm-hmm. but we were like brothers like really from that point from, but y'all still really didn't know each other until college. until right yeah, right okay. right yeah, yeah. So but it, you knew of him yeah, yeah. yeah. yep yeah. i knew of him his roommate had went to lincoln i kind of knew of him too so it was like uh yeah i mean we were acquaintances we weren't right. friends we'd right. never really right. talked i wouldn't even say acquaintances at that point to be honest right um but yeah that's how we got connected and once we were in college i felt like we were almost inseparable like mm-hmm. i know there were people that did not like us because we would be talking shit, playing right. beer pong or doing whatever we're doing. Right. And people would just be so annoyed. And you could just see it on their face. But, yeah, it was like a chemistry since then. So we right. oh, that was in 2012. So about over 11 years yeah. ago is when we really connected. Yeah. But uh, you can tell them on how we got started with the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So just the podcast. I mean, it really moved back from Rapid City. We moved into a house not even a block. Zacchaeus lives like yeah. right down the street. Right. Crazy. But anyways, kind of leading up to the podcast, there was a few times that where we met and we're like, let's talk about business ideas. We wanted to grow a business together. Throughout an idea, it just didn't stick, didn't move in on it. Throughout another idea, didn't do anything with it. These great ideas too. I mean, right. great businesses. Until finally, one night, I was kind of sitting there. I'm like, we have great conversations together all the time. You know, we're just talking, talking, talking. And I feel like a lot of the conversations that we have, if other people were listening to them, Mm -hmm. they could also gain value from that. And so finally, I'm just like, we got to do a podcast. And when I told him that, I had already ordered the stuff. I ordered the equipment, everything. It was ready to go. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, there's, there's no going back. I was like, he either is, he's either in or I'm going to walk down the street. I'm going to grab him. He's going to be in (laughs) period, you know? Um, And so then we finally just sat down and like we already discussed, I mean, step by step and man, it's been trial and error, you know? And it's only, I feel like it's only been getting better, you know, and each each video that we do, each thing, mm-hmm. you know, content that we post. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how we we built this, and it's going to take off from here. Yeah. So how long have y'all been doing this? Eight months. Eight months, okay. Yep. All, all of this year, which Basically, I started, yep. like, last year, December or something? Like the end of December. End of, yeah, right. that's like when I Christmas. ordered the stuff, and then yeah. first video was dropped maybe February, first week of February. Yeah. Something right. like that. Yep. And we didn't really know what we were going to talk about mm-hmm. right away. At first, it was like, okay, what do we talk about? Like the news, and 
it was going to be like something. And I mentioned this on a past podcast. One something, the topic I remember is talking about, you know, Deion Sanders getting his new coaching job in mm-hmm. Colorado and just how that whole, I don't want to say market, but it's basically a market at this point of college football and college sports and all that stuff. But yeah, it came into, he came up with the name of overstepping poverty and I was reluctant to even have the name poverty in the name of our podcast because I didn't want people to just think of an inner city or think Mm -hmm. of like the stereotypical, like poverty, like what poverty, what you see, you know, for us, it was so much more, more than that. And then, you know, really tying you into it, really of coming up with the idea. I remember sending over the OSP guy on that's on the front of the original shirt. And he's like, no, I don't really like that. Mm. And I was like, bro, like, this is hard. <laughs> like, this is fire. Because I wanted a guy. I remember our conversation. I wanted a guy stepping, like, literally right. stepping over poverty. Yep. Right. And you killed it with having the the wording in the shoe print. Right. I thought that that was crazy. And then having the bottom, the lettering um, crumbling. Crumbling. Right? Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. All those things are so important, though, to even why we're here today. Because... The shirt, there's people, the one that you got, there's people that ask for that, like, a lot. But it's something that you can only have if you're on the podcast. For now. But for now. But better merge right. it out because that can be some of the money to help get. To run this. Better equipment, better yeah. soundboard stuff. Yeah. But That's true. If they want it, man, give it to them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then ask them at the same time, <laughs> what you got going on? Right. Yeah. Right. We can set you up a date. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, no, that's real. but that could lead to somebody else. But like you said too, in growing, I hope y'all get it to the point where y'all do get some money management people, big people. Even if nobody knows who they are, but they right. doing something for a Fortune five hundred company, and y'all get them on Zoom and stuff like that. Yeah, y'all. yeah get that, that information out here because mm-hmm. you know, just poverty is not just your living condition. It could be your mindset, just like yeah. he said. You know, you can have a, you can have. A decent amount of money, but you got a poverty mindset. You don't know what to do with it. Some right. people don't know yeah. what to do with money. That's money facts. is a currency, bro. It got to keep flowing. You know what I mean? Mm. If it's just sitting there stagnant, it's doing you no justice. Right. It's right. doing the bank justice, but it got to keep flowing. And people need that information. We need That's to know real. what to do with it, how to set up a trust, how to get investing in Apple and Bitcoin and stuff like right. that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Once y'all get it to going the way y'all need to go, I foresee y'all getting them people on here. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's you know, to build off of that, I actually want to go into our, our last part of our episode okay. here. I mean, obviously, you've been given great wisdom. You just shared a lot right there. Our last thing that we want to ask you is to give our listeners and our viewers and, I mean, really things that you've learned, of course, in your journey, five tips, tricks, and hacks mm-hmm. on how to overstep poverty. Well, first of all, you got to have focus on health, and that's mental health and your physical health. Be healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to eat garbage, but garbage slows your body down because you would not put windshield wiper fluid where the oil goes in your car. You wouldn't do that. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Feed your mind. Read these books. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is something you just know. Action applied behind it is power. So apply mm. the knowledge that you learn. You know what I'm saying? Be dedicated. Do not let nobody knock you off of your square. Stay focused. You know what I'm saying? And like we said, get around people whose hands you need to shake. Mm-hmm. And they can put you in rooms to meet other people whose hands you need to be shaking. You know what I'm saying? Just be good to people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Just be nice to people. It, do- it doesn't matter, man. It's not that serious. Right. It just ain't that serious. But 
to get out of poverty and overstep it, it is that serious. Right. Get something, obtain something, maintain something, pass it down. Everybody's, you in here, I'm here, you going to have your kids. Your goal as a man is to obtain something, own and control something, a piece of resource, a piece of industry or something. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your time to expire, when your body can't hold, hold the electrical charges no more, you pass that down to your kids. And yeah. you, you leave them with the wisdom and the wherewithal and the know-all to maintain it. Mm-hmm. You know? They say first generation makes it, second generation enjoys it, third generation destroys it. Mm-hmm. You got to stay on them. Yeah. Teach them. Right. Y'all immortalize now because mm-hmm. they're going to be able to pull you up. When you gone, they're going to be able to pull you up. What would my great-granddad have said? I got to spend 10 years of my life with him, but what would he would have said in this? Let me look at his episode. <laughs> I got to maintain this. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's right. it, man. Just stay focused. Keep your Get your physical health up, your mental health. You know what I'm saying? Maintaining on something, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. care what it is. And if it's yours, you better market it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Don't be scared. Because right. marketing is one of the biggest things out there. You might have to, y'all might have to spend a little money on marketing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's why I told you to sell that merch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, you're right. You're <laughs> you right. You know what I mean? Nobody wouldn't eat Hardee's, bro, if they didn't keep seeing the commercial. Sorry, <laughs> Hardee's. I'm sorry. I don't even <laughs> mean no real. disrespect at all. You know what I'm saying? But first of all, they're expensive as hell. But you see the commercial. <laughs> I'm just using that as an example. You know what I'm saying? You yep. see the commercial. Yeah. Like, Damn, I want a Frisco burger. You heard? Man, get that Frisco burger. It's that marketing, man. It's that marketing. Stay in their face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. You know, that last statement of you just stating that our grandkids looking up on YouTube. Yeah, this is what my granddad said. It gave me Mm -hmm. chills. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And, man, it's crazy. It's going to happen. Because y'all already got episodes in there. So, it's going to happen. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So That's powerful. Yes. Well, we appreciate you so much for being a special guest on Overstepping Poverty today. For our listeners, viewers, we have Trife Mac here, uh, 92 Bricks, Skybox, mm-hmm. Skybox you know, 92 look bricks. them up, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook. I had a Facebook. They yeah? clipped me on Facebook. Oh, man. <laughs> they clipped me on Facebook. Man. man. You know what I'm saying? So I just basically got my Instagram. I need to get a website. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, What's your Instagram? You know, Trife Mac. Okay. Trife Mac. Perfect. And, uh, my other one is skybox underscore 92 bricks. Yep. So Perfect. You can look both of those up. But that's mostly where you can find me. So yeah. I love it. Make sure you guys go out there, check out his site or his page, get some get some merch. Yeah. All that good stuff. Yes. Skybox. Yes. It's crazy because he's got a lot of shit. Yep. Yeah, Hang it's on. Talented. On There's a lot yeah. of stuff on there. No it's doubt. dope. But no, I appreciate you coming on as well. So no, thank I, you. I definitely appreciate the invite. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And uh, I look forward to my next one. Hey, yep. yes, sir. let's go. Even if we just sit chopping it up and I'm just listening to y'all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. so, yeah, I definitely would love to come back, you know what I'm saying, and just sit in or whatever. I started to bring my son, but I didn't know how still he would sit. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> I started to bring him because <laughs> my girl and my daughter were asleep. So I was like, should I take him? I said, I don't know yet. You know what I'm saying? Right. But yep. oh, yeah. well, he's more than welcome. Yes. Well, until next time, we'll see you next week on Overstepping Poverty. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in Overstepping Poverty.